This is an audio essay. To read the actual essay, go to mahanmccann.substack.com. The link is in the description on Spotify or whichever platform you're listening on. Oh! Sacrificing the drink for something better. I finally got to see the Honourable Dr. Jordan Peterson live in the flesh in Dublin last Sunday night in the Three Arena. Around 13,000 people attended, sacrificing their time on a Sunday evening to listen to a Canadian clinical psychologist talk about play, meaning and God. Not the standard Irish things to be at on a Sunday evening. And perhaps a sign our button-down Irish attitude is changing. At the end of his talk, there's a Q&A section, and you could vote on the questions that you most wanted the doctor to answer. The first question was, what would you think of a united Ireland? Which Peterson didn't have much insight on, sadly. The second was, what was it like to meet Cristiano Ronaldo? Of course. He fared better with this one, but it was the third question which was written in the first person and really piqued my interest. I'm a 30-something-year-old Irish person who's trying to stop binge drinking, but I can't. What should I do? There were hundreds of questions submitted, possibly thousands, and out of all of them, this was the third most desired by all the people in the three arena that night. Clearly not being able to stop drinking, when you really should, had struck a nerve. Peterson went on to tell the story of how, at the age of 27, he decided to stop drinking mainly because he realised that almost all of his poor decisions were made while drinking and that he couldn't edit his first book, Maps of Meaning, while hungover. Peterson made the rational argument against alcohol. Cause of 50% of murders, 50% of homicides, 50% of domestic abuse cases, rapes, driving accidents. If you eliminated alcohol, you would save a lot of lives and suffering. And then, of course, there are the personal side effects. Alcohol is involved in 50% of cancers, It's water-soluble, so it breaks through the blood-brain barrier and can get into every cell in the human body. But for some reason, these facts don't sway us to stop drinking. Probably because they don't offer an alternative to the actual benefit of drinking, which is class. Peterson affirmed this conflict. I love drinking, he said, somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Right now, I could have a bottle of vodka or a bourbon and have a gay old time. But he explained that it was a sacrifice, and it was a tough one. In his words, he lost a certain Dionysian spirit, which he never got back by quitting drinking, and that seemed to sadden him. He also made the point that being a boring teetotaler who moralises to everybody about drinking wasn't the answer either. So what are we to do, stuck between a rock and a hard place, to drink or not to drink, that is the question. Why do we drink in the first place? My favourite thing about drinking is what Seneca, the great Stoic philosopher, wrote about in his treatise on drinking. At times we ought to drink, even to intoxication. Not so as to drown, but merely to dip ourselves in wine. For wine washes away troubles and dislodges them from the depths of the mind, and acts as a remedy to sorrow, as it does to some diseases. Alcohol can bring about a carefree, unthinking state, return us to the Garden of Eden and solve the problem of self-consciousness. However, as Seneca also points out, that drinking often goes too far, and he says drunkenness is nothing but voluntary madness. I never really managed to get the balance right, 
but certainly felt the redemptive benefit of drinking and the offers of the feeling of non-being, which us human beings so desperately crave. During a recent podcast with Dr. Anna Lemke, addiction specialist, she made the point that addictions get us into a state of non-being and fix the problem of our pesky self-consciousness. It seems for humans, relief from self-consciousness is not optional, but there are certainly good and bad ways to do so. How do we stop drinking? Currently, I'm nine months off the drink, heading for a full year after a couple of stints of six months, and feel for the first time in my life capable of looking back on drinking and seeing what it was all about. The biggest challenge people say to me in quitting drinking is what do you do with their time? When you see friends, you drink. When you're bored, you drink. When you have time off, you drink. When you're at work and bored, you drink. When life is bad, you drink. When life is good, you drink. Drinking plugs all the gaps. It's a catch-all solution to boredom and purposelessness that can quickly become a bad habit. And even worse, a way of life. Because, as JP writes, drinking makes the problem it claims to solve. He says, imagine a person who enjoys alcohol, perhaps a bit too much. He has a quick three or four drinks. His blood alcohol level spikes sharply. This can be extremely exhilarating, particularly for someone who has a genetic predisposition to alcoholism. But it only occurs while blood alcohol levels are actively rising, and that only continues if the drinker keeps drinking. When he stops, not only does his blood alcohol level plateau and then start to sink, but his body begins to produce a variety of toxins as it metabolizes the ethanol already consumed. He also starts to experience alcohol withdrawal as the anxiety systems that were suppressed during intoxication start to hyper-respond. A hangover is alcohol withdrawal, which frequently kills withdrawing alcoholics, and it starts all too soon after drinking ceases. To continue the warm glow and stave off the unpleasant aftermath, the drinker may just continue to drink until all the liquor in his house is consumed, the bars are closed, and his money is spent. The real trouble starts when he discovers that his hangover can be cured with a few more drinks the morning after. Such a cure is, of course, temporary. It merely pushes the withdrawal symptoms a bit further into the future. But that might be what is required, in the short term, if the misery is sufficiently acute. So now he has learned to drink to cure his hangover. When the medication causes the disease, a positive feedback loop has been established. Drinking makes the anxiety that it claims to solve worse. It creates a positive feedback cycle that isn't really that positive. You drink to kill negative emotion and in turn the drinking creates more negative emotion. So you then drink to kill more negative emotion and on and on ad infinitum. And if you, like me and most Irish people, have been drinking weekly or fortnightly since your early teens with no break at all, then you have never seen your adult life or identity without this feedback loop. This is quite a shocking claim that we can't really know ourselves until we take a break from drinking. Sacrificing drinking for something better. What is contained in Dr. Peterson's story is that he quit drinking for his book and for his family, and that the solution to quitting drinking is that you have to sacrifice the drinking for something better. Drinking is good. It's fun, enlivening, freeing, and a great time, but comes at a price. Everything comes at a price in life. A classic Peterson idea. Everything is a sacrifice. You don't get to choose not to make a sacrifice, but you do get to choose which sacrifice you make. Peterson decided that his work 
writing a book on meaning and belief to try and understand why human beings are hell-bent on destroying each other and themselves, and also raising a family, was more important than alcohol and the session. I quit drinking for similar reasons. Every time I went drinking, the session reset me to a more primitive version of myself, replete with all my old bad habits, malformed beliefs, character flaws and anxiety. The major character flaw was engaging in drinking and drunkenness while being aware of the problems that this caused for my life, work and relationships. That's called willful ignorance. After every weekend, my life started from scratch again. Drinking made me a different person, a person who I was outgrowing and who needed to be left behind for an adult person to come about. My life is now filled with other pursuits that actually act as a bulwark against the session and bad behaviour which characterised my early 20s. And that while I might drink again someday, I will never drink in the same way that I did before, because I know now that alcohol is not a friend to be trusted. Gaining a better sort of consciousness. I've certainly learned a thing or two about drinking and how to feel good without drinking in this time off. One of the main things is getting into the flow state. I used to get into the flow state drinking 12 pints of Guinness in the pub, but there are other ways better ways the flow state is very similar to being drunk with no self-consciousness fear and lots of positive emotion however there are good flow states and bad flow states scrolling tiktok gets you into a flow state but leaves you used up and depleted in the end flow is a finite thing so you have to flow wisely as canadian cognitive scientist john gervaiki often says he also says that you can tell how much meaning a person has in their life by how much flow they're experiencing day to day more flow equals more meaning. Finding your flow activities. What gets each person into a flow state is going to be different. For me, it's writing, podcasting, martial arts, conversation, etc. These things are deeply rooted in me and I've practiced them for a long time. However, learning how to initiate a flow state in one arena, say martial arts, can help you to initiate a flow state in all other arenas. The skill is transferable. So even getting into flow itself is a skill that you can practice and learn. And then you find your flow activities and begin to explore how you can bring that state into other areas of your life. One example of this for me might be podcasting. Podcasting gets me into a flow state. So how, therefore, can I have more types of these conversations in my normal socializing? Instead of looking at socializing a winning and losing game, look at how I look at my podcast conversations an opportunity for growth, discovery, honestly, and fundamentally, a kind of play. Embodying the spirit of play. Something Peterson kept saying in his talk that was a bit mysterious was that the spirit of play was the antidote to the suffering and malevolence of life. He referenced a Bible quote to that effect, which goes like this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What this quote means is that we have to learn how to play again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in some sense, I think drinking and other addictive flow activities are trying to steal our way into the kingdom of heaven. They are idolatry which is trying to squeeze the infinite out of the finite. And while the desire is actually pointed at something much deeper, it simply finds 
itself caught in the wrong object. Peterson is saying that to learn to play like a child while being a functioning adult is actually a deep moral achievement. He didn't agree with the complete Dionysian spirit that can't grow up and become competent and ultimately becomes addicted and self-destructive, but also the boring teetotaler who has no life inside them and spends their time complaining about everybody else isn't a solution either. Alcohol is a spirit. And we love to be filled with that spirit because that spirit is redemptive and reduces the burden of existence. But what is often left out is that there are other ways to lower the burden of existence. Hell, to even find it meaningful and to bring that same spirit of mischief, play and fun without the need for alcohol. My thesis is that with a change in attitude, focus and commitment to flow practices, a little courage and love, to get off the session and try out a new routine that you can start to live in that spirit without stealing the fire of the gods and binge drinking every weekend. Sober October is just around the corner and I would encourage people to try out a different way of life, to see yourself without the beer goggles and hopefully start to appreciate what you find.